Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is the second part of a two-part series asking whether dreams have really predicted the future. We ended the earlier episode without getting to several things. Facts, for one. uh, Science, although we were able to put some science in the first episode. And um, perhaps most importantly, uh, questions that we had promised at the beginning of the last episode. So please uh, listen to part one of Have Dreams Really Predicted the Future?, before you dive into part two. This is mostly crazy stuff in the second act. So here's where it gets crazy. Oh, man, this is the quickest we've gotten crazy, I think, maybe ever. I love it. Uh, Do you want to do a little quick recap of some of the hallmarks from our last episode? Um, Some of the historical figures. We've got uh, Abraham Lincoln, who seems to have predicted his own assassination in Dream. Um, We have Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain, who seems to have had a premonition of his brother's demise in the form of a a dream where he was laid out, his brother, in a a metal casket, wearing a suit, 
a borrowed suit and also uh, bedecked with like a particular spray of flowers that, that that lined up with what he saw in his dream. My crazy dream about Bennett Moon and then that manifesting in reality in the form of her calling in to wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, what else we got? I think uh, your great aunt, Ben, and then her potential oboe playing or lack of in the real no, world? No, no, I didn't want to take time uh, in the show uh, with, with my own personal anecdotes. I, I always think of that scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, where Dennis Reynolds, is uh, his sister in the show, is talking about her dreams, and he tells her, stop. N- no one wants to hear about anybody else's dreams. So uh, I think that affected me because the great o- uh, the great aunt oboe Portugal example is just is just made up to show uh, the credulous uh, the credulous nature of dreams. But we also talked about how uh, dreams can function as a way of problem solving, right? Uh, our brains as problem solvers are sometimes more effective when our consciousness is less involved. Uh, that's how the periodic table was formulated. That's how um, many authors discover great works, like Samuel Coleridge wrote Kubla Khan after he awoke from, uh, from a dream. He wrote the poem in his sleep, kind of. He was also on a lot of opium at the time. Uh, I, nice. I don't, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but the sewing machine was also inspired by a dream. Yeah. It was a weird one, too. A really violent dream where I believe the inventor was being, like, boiled in a pot by cannibals and being stabbed with, like, spears. And in the dream, he recognized that the spears had holes in the tips. And that's what gave him the idea for the way you thread the the, the needle or the whatever. I'm not a sewing expert on a sewing machine. It actually is tied to the very tip of the needle. And that's what allows it to kind of continue to thread and hold on or whatever. Um, but he, what a weird way to come to that conclusion. Right? Yeah, seriously. And just for a couple of other examples, Albert Einstein, by his own account, discovered the, or, you know, hit upon some of his own revelations in the world of dreams. At this point, I'd like to recommend a fantastic book about the nature of time by a a guy who I think he was at MIT, an author named Alan Lightman. He wrote a book called Einstein's Dreams, and it's entirely uh, almost an anthology or a series of vignettes of young Einstein working as a sleepy patent clerk. And every time he falls asleep, he uh, encounters another theory of time, which will also be very, very important for today's show. We, the point is that if you're listening today, or if you're, if you're, if you're like many listeners who have written to us over the years and said, I love turning on this show as I fall asleep, which, thank you, I still think that's a compliment. Essentially, if you have slept regularly over any period of significant time, then odds are that your brain has done the same thing. Your brain is attempting to solve problems for you. Some of those, uh, I think it's a point somebody made earlier in a previous episode, some of those may be emotional problems, you know, things with which you are grappling, and some may be scientific things, some may be like, uh, like Paul McCartney waking up 
and writing a song. Wh- which song was that? Was it yesterday? Uh, yes, or was it yesterday, which is the most covered song of all time. It's been covered like more than 3000 times. Uh, that's a pretty cool claim to fame, but yeah. And I mentioned like even being a musical guy, I, I don't really remember melodies very much, but all of this stuff, the way dreams work kind of depend on the way your brain works, right? Like all of our brains work a little bit differently. We process things in the waking world differently. So how dreams function, I think is a big product of who we are as people, right? But what if this whole idea of dream, you know, sort of, um, precognitive dreams, isn't so much our brains doing a thing as it is like a bigger picture thing that we're experiencing, something tied in with physics, something tied in with a force larger than ourselves. So how do we explain these anecdotes, right? You know, many of which are unprovable, many of which are one person telling you their opinion about what happened to them. And how do we explain the robustly documented tales, right? One idea involves exactly what you're talking about, Noel, the idea of something larger. This is the science I want to bring to bear today. It involves the concept of a thing known as retrocausality. Strap in. We're headed for backcountry here. Mm, Yes, causality. You've heard this cause and effect. It's the thing that happens when you hold a glass out in front of you and then you drop it and it hits the ground. Why did it do that? Well, it's because gravity exists and that's what happens when you drop something with mass. (laughs) It falls to the ground because of gravity. Uh, (laughs) um, By the way, gravity is maybe a whole episode that we could do. Just about what that really means, what it is. It's, it's not like gravity doesn't want us to know something. But uh, it's an odd phenomenon that we don't fully grasp. It sounds weird to even say that, but it's true. Um, but this chain of cause and effect happens in a very predictable order, right? As long as there's no, no other thing coming in, like with the glass example, there isn't someone jumping to catch the glass or there isn't a, a string wrapped around the glass that pulls it down and actually makes it swing or hang from another surface. But so that's that's cause and effect, right? That's causality. So what is retro-causality? The same thing, but backwards. Have you oh. ever liked a song so much that you said, let's play it backwards? I don't know, probably not. It would have to be, uh, you know, maybe the perfect palindrome of a song to have that kind of symmetry. But you're right, retro-causality. Backwards causation This is a concept of cause and effect where an effect somehow precedes its cause in what we experience as linear A to B to C, 1 to 2 to 3 time. Such that, we have to walk slowly through this, later events affect earlier events. Decisions made in the future, in the lens of retrocausality, may affect events in the past. This means, this this could mean huge things for science if it is ever uh, proven or agreed upon. It, it could explain nagging questions about many things in the physical world, but to explain those things, we have to understand what retrocausality is and perhaps just as importantly, what it is not. 
So yeah, I mean, it's it's literally the idea of backwards causation, a reverse of cause and effect, effect uh, um, preceding cause. Uh, it's a concept that is is very much tied up into quantum physics and uh, things like string theory and, you know, the idea of how, you know, maybe even a multiverse kind of situation because it does sort of lay out this framework of, like, how can something that happens on a certain timeline affect things that precede it in a different timeline um, or earlier on the same timeline. So Lisa Zyga puts it uh, pretty succinctly writing for fizz.org. Um, she describes retrocausality uh, as not meaning that signals can be communicated from the future to the past. Uh, no, um, such signaling would be forbidden even in a retrocausal theory due to thermodynamic reason. Instead, retrocausality means that when an experimenter chooses the measurement setting uh, with which to measure a particle, that decision can influence the properties of that particle or another particle in the past, even before the experimenter made their choice. Um, in other words, a decision made in the present can influence something in the past. That is tough to wrap your head around. I was thinking of different examples to ground this it's sort of like saying uh it's sort it's it's a weird distinction right because a decision made in the present should not be able to alter the past from everything we know you know what i mean and we can put it in a whimsical uh, in a whimsical sense by saying if you concentrate hard enough in 2020 and think I never watched Police Academy 4 or something, then that would mean in retrocausality that you might end up not watching it, right? That's that's kind of – it's still the – it means that you're not telling yourself in the past – to do something different. You're not communicating with yourself. The fact that you made the decision in the present means that the past is changed. Yeah. It's an odd thing. I'm just going to go back to Lisa's example here, saying that the experimenter, a scientist somewhere in a lab, chooses, you know, uses a dial or something to decide what wavelength they're going to be looking at these particles with, right? So the concept is that just by making that choice to select that setting is going to affect the way those particles exist, essentially. But I think more what's happening here is that the the setting to measure those particles is going to measure those particles at that wavelength or at that energy level, right? Um rather than the particle actually changing, the properties of the particle changing, you're just measuring different properties. So it's it's tough for me to, to right. ma- maybe understand fully what, what Lisa's saying, just because I, maybe I just don't have that particle physics degree. <laughs> well, uh, well been meaning to get that, by the way. <laughs> well, it's related to, you know, I'm, I'm being a bit glib with the... I'm playing fast and loose with the idea of any kind of comparison or analogy that involves a human being. That's the nature of the show. And we are going somewhere with this, fellow listeners. So I, I want to say, um, 
you're familiar with uh, the uncertainty principle, right? The the famous experiment where double slit the double slit experiment, which we have talked about in the past. It's similar to that. The idea that an observer affects what is being observed, and to some degree may determine it by taking a, a, a measurement. I mean, this is this is fascinating stuff, but. Maybe we put this to the side and keep building our case and then come back. Because to your point, Noel, we need to consider how retro causality may give us a new perspective on quantum theory. And I have a real life story about this, too. Ooh. Oh, oh, and I can't wait to hear it really quickly, too. It is also kind of tied up in one of my favorite scientific uh, descriptive things of all time, Einstein's concept of spooky action at a distance uh, or quantum entanglement, which is the idea that objects can be affected by other objects without being physically touched. And that's sort of the basis for this, the idea that these completely separate things in time and space can have an effect on one another. All right. So let's dive deep into that. And to do so, we're going to have to get out our textbooks. Uh, you don't have to. Don't worry. We're, we're going to get ours out. You can you can just keep listening. Uh, and we'll do that right after a word from our sponsor. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Okay, uh, we're opening our textbooks now, and we're going to talk about quantum physics. So the one we hear about in schools often is called the Copenhagen interpretation. And this version argues that until a system's properties are physically measured in some way, they can encompass essentially a myriad, a a large number of different values, different properties, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Solid matter is a conspiracy. (laughs) That's kind of what the argument becomes at this level. At a, at a, like the closer and closer you look, the further and further you dive down into reality, you see that particles do not behave the way that solid matter would behave. Imagine reality is a big pool table. It's not the most creative idea, but fine. We need like, a fl- like, like billiards. Yes, like billiards. Exactly, Matt. So, so the the these every particle in the universe of this pool table is maybe a little a little ball, a little ball on the pool table, a six ball, an eight ball, a cue ball. And they should be, their solid matter, rolling from one definite point in space and time to another definite point in space and time. That is not the case. At a fundamental level, Instead, these particles are like this blurry, shifting cloud of possibility, you know? Think of the old descriptions of angels or uh, divine beings that were constantly, like, their faces were shifting and and all all, all this sort of stuff, right? Um, These particles, these billiard balls, these pool balls, aren't just shifting on the table. They're, like, also in maybe other tables, that also may exist, or there's another. They're in uh, the air. They're under the floor, meaning we can be aware of the cloud of possibility. We know that uh, a cue ball could be hitting an eight ball. We know it could be missing an eight ball at the same time. We know it could be doing any number of things. Maybe especially in, in, scratching. Right, especially scratching. The probability is high, uh, and. The weird thing is, the spooky thing, and and we do have spooky action coming up here later in the show. The weird thing is that as soon as you look at that cue ball, as soon as you focus on measuring that in some way and seeing how it hits the eight ball, you will only ever see that cue ball let's say, hitting the eight ball in one place, into one of four corner pockets. You'll never see those countless cue balls hitting countless eight balls into every pocket or every direction at once. Think of Schrodinger's cat, right? This is Schrodinger's cat as a pool shark. Wow. You know, it reminds me of video in a way. I'm just imagining um, someone dancing uh, very, very fast or dancing with lots of intensity, right? If you're watching it on video, you get kind of the full picture. But if it's just a snapshot, it's just that one moment, right, in time, it just looks like somebody in kind of a strange position or a weird pose, right? But you wouldn't get the full picture of what's occurring. And when you're when you're thinking about 
uh, video in general or life in general and the way to capture things, we, we can only capture images as frames, essentially, right? As these I really like pictures. this. I really like this comparison, Matt. Right? So there's no way for us to just have, like, the video that you're watching now or any video you watch online, you're seeing frames of uh, moments. And there is no way for us to just have, to just measure a constant or, or a measure all moments at all times when you're looking at something or observing something. It's very strange to think about that. Well, and that's a really great example because that's on like sort of like a micro level, but on a macro level, it's like, think of the universe in those terms. Like what would a snapshot of the universe of all points at all, like you can observably, you know, measure these things in a person. Like I was doing a goofy dance when you were saying that a minute ago and then you freeze and you might get a sense of like, okay, I'm frozen in this horrible rictus kind of pose, but you can't understand the badassness of my dance moves surrounding it in the same way that you couldn't understand like the totality of all possible moments happening, you know, in time and space. You know what I mean? I think that's really apt, Matt. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is strange because this touches on actually uh, some concepts that are present in ancient religions. This kind of implies the idea, maybe, of destiny. The idea of some sort of, I don't know, it would be misleading to call it predetermination. We're not, we're not being Calvinist here, but, and no offense to Calvinist in the audience, but point is, this cloud of possible unobserved potential, po possibility, this cloud of unobserved possibility exists free of a fixed position in time or space. And uh, shout out to one of my favorite pieces of listener mail. Ha ha ha. Remember that guy? Uh, <laughs> the the um, morphic resonance? Yes, yes. 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 That's my favorite laugh. I hope you are still listening. But yes, uh, time, space, six in one hand. This, this idea of existing in more than one spot at once is commonly called superposition. It only collapses into a single state or position when the system's observed. Everyone observing, even the most accomplished physicist, can never precisely predict what state Will, will what the state will be when it collapses. And, and some physicists believe a very controversial idea because we have to keep in mind, when you go far enough to the edge of physics, you are in the realm of metaphysics, philosophy, and sometimes spirituality. So some physicists for a long time believed that this collapse of superposition upon observation meant that consciousness... The mind itself, the software of the brain, not the hardware, the presence of an observer caused, right, causation, caused the superposition to collapse into a single point in space, time, the universe, 42, etc. This is weird because it, it implies some very strange things about time, things that we wish Einstein was here in our 
in our franchise of time to to talk about and think about because you know to your earlier point Noel those quirky quirky things about quantum mechanics spooky action at a distance entanglement one bit of one bit of something on one side of the universe it's a very misleading way to <laughs> describe the universe but one bit of something very far away uh, turns left or up or down in some direction and then at the same time in an immensely a far away place on the other side of the universe, the same thing happens. These are these are connected, right? There's like a push pull symmetry. This is called spooky action because there's not a local action that can explain it. But what if it is evidence of time symmetry? What if? At this level of reality, instead of flowing in one direction, A to B to C, 1 to 2 to 3, time flows at the same speed in multiple directions. What if, um, what if at the quantum level, time, as we understand it, flows in the past, the present, the future, all possible futures, all possible presents. What if on an extraordinarily fundamental level, time becomes less like an arrow shot to a particular destination and more like the air through which that concept of an arrow moves? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like quantum physics in, in, in general as a discipline it seeks to explain this kind of phenomenon because, you know, what we heard from Lisa Zyga at the beginning of the episode uh, was what retro causality is not is the concept that a signal can be communicated from the future to the past. It's more about the relationship of those two events and less about like sending messages back and forth in time. Just wanted to put that out there again. Mm. No, it's a, it's a good thing to keep in mind. But it, uh, I, it's a massive tangent. I'm not going to go down into it but this concept been of time flowing in e like in all directions equally it reminds me of the physical representations that uh physicists and scientists use to represent gravity um when you know you you show like a essentially a the warp of space time right um it reminds me of that kind of only in the opposite as in wherever the present is, wherever that is located, like the moment of consciousness of being aware, it feels as though it's almost like at a mountaintop and then in all directions is moving downwards. And all of the various possibilities in all directions, um, I don't know, I, I'm, it's not a very good image, but I'm just imagining it in the same way we represent gravity and mass and how that affects gravity like it's almost as if conscious awareness or observation is that same thing for time. You're reading my mind. This was something I wanted to, I was going to save till the end of the episode, but I think we're, we're on the edge of time now, right? As a concept, <laughs> it doesn't really matter apparently when things happen. So, so what I like about this concept and I think you and I are on the same page here is that I, you're, you're talking about, distortion, right? The way mass can distort gravity, right? When you drop a ball onto a taut uh, sheet, right? 
So I, I was thinking of the same thing, and I, I had followed it down uh, the rabbit hole of information as mass, observation as mass. So perhaps a specific event in what we understand as linear time, perhaps the more it is observed, the more concrete or quote-unquote heavier it becomes, and the more it distorts you know, that, that sort of ambient field or fertile soil of reality and time. I know. But so that's, don't worry, we're getting to dreams. We're talking about this trippy stuff for a reason. In 2012, there was a physicist named Hugh Price who claimed that if the strange things we know to be true uh, about quantum states reflect something real, and if nothing restricts time to one direction, not the band, just the direction of linear time, then the eight ball in our earlier example, in that pool hall cloud of maybes and what ifs, could theoretically roll out of the corner pocket and knock the cue ball itself. I love physicists so much in the, in the way they talk. And the concepts that they that they have to attempt to distill for people like me who just don't get it a lot of times. Well, it's so <laughs> interesting, too, because so much of this stuff is like, you know, thought experiments until it becomes real. Like, I mean, even like Einstein and his whole idea of quantum entanglement and spooky action at a distance, he sort of wrote it off himself. It was like, this is way too weird. And uh, I'm going to kind of let this go. And then sure enough. Science came around and a study shown that quantum entanglement very likely is a thing, very much in the way Einstein envisioned it. But he had to have done it on a purely conceptual level at the time, because it's not like it's something that could ever be tested, especially in those days. So it really is a whole different set of uh, equipment that these folks have, you know what I mean, that uh, allows them to think in these purely conceptual realms that end up kind of connecting with reality a lot of the time. It's, it's, it's fabulous. Agreed. And this may seem like a tangent, but it is an important tangent, even if it does not seem uh, immediately related to dreams. What we're saying is that as you are listening to this episode, some of the most intelligent people in the world are arguing over the fundamental concept of linear time. Wow. I'm just trying to think all the other things I have to do today, and I'm wondering if they're actually going to come later, or maybe I already did them. Just oh, tomorrow, God. decide that you've done them tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> or maybe because you are deciding that you, maybe because tomorrow you are thinking of doing these and remembering that you have done them, that means you've already done. I don't. You see? I don't you see know. the problem? <laughs> if 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 only it were so simple and it absolutely is it and we're going to talk about why that is and how this connects up with dreams uh, after one more quick sponsor break with every cbd product claiming to do something different it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you lazarus naturals pioneered the farm to front door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota today i'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids how about instead of timeouts 
time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Bell's theorem plays a big role here. It's uh, an idea proposed by one John Stuart Bell. The concept that bizarre things happening in quantum physics can never be explained by actions taking place nearby. It's like we know that billiard balls are moving in all these different directions, but we have no idea what's causing them. We don't see the great grand pool cue, I guess, which some people would say is God. You know what I mean? That's how... That's how strange this stuff becomes. The prime mover, right? Is that another name for a god in this situation? Mm -hmm. And so this this leads us to ask then, what if we're what if we're looking in in the wrong realm? What if the cause of these movements is not happening somewhere else, somewhere nearby, but some when else? If causality, yeah, if causality runs backwards, it means that this particle can carry the action of its measurement back in time to when it was originally entangled, affecting its partner, which is this other this thing observed in another version of time. Anyway, this is all still considered fringe science, but the problem is real. We do not fully understand the actions of the quantum realm, and one of the things affecting our lack of understanding may be our assumption of linear time. So the big question is, what does this mean for dreams? Where does the brain come in? Is the brain somehow quantum? Uh, well, I mean, it's made up of the same things that the pool balls are made of in our example, right? It's all just 
a lot of atoms arranged very intricately in there. At least I hope they're intricately arranged. Uh, <laughs> um, mm, gosh, okay. So we know that if if our cells are made up of atoms and atoms follow these laws of quantum physics, um, even though we don't fully understand them, right? Then yeah, our brains are quantum. What a weird thought. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here for a while and think about that. Yes, <laughs> Dewey. I mean, you're right. We're made of the same stuff, right? The within our bodies are the building blocks of the stars and the cosmos and dirt and everything else. But do we need quantum physics to explain this thing? this phenomenon that we call consciousness. Right now, a lot of physicists and philosophers are going to say no, because science is about explaining things in the most efficacious, accurate, and simple way, right? We talk about brevity being the soul of wit in uh, literature and in the the creative realm, but the realm of science takes it to another level. People like Paul Thagard, who is a philosopher at the University of Waterloo, says there is evidence building that says we can explain everything in the human mind in terms of interactions of neurons. So we wouldn't need to add quantum physics and, and the, um, the, the dilemmas inherent in in this concept would need to add that to the engine for the engine to run and for us to understand the process. It's like if you already have a working car, why would you add a, another engine on top of it, right? Why, why would you need two engines if you can already drive with just one? Because you want to go really fast. Right, right. Because you think linear time exists <laughs> and things can happen faster. Uh, so, I mean, it's true. You're right, though. And this is, of course, uh, a statement from a philosopher, but we, we know physicists tend to agree. That's right. And then we have David Deutsch, who is a physicist at the University of Oxford, who says, quote, is there any need to invoke quantum physics to explain cognition? I don't know of one, and I'd be amazed if one emerges. That's interesting. He's, he's sort of like putting these in two distinctly different buckets. Um, so you kind of have two sides of, the, of that argument there. Uh, so if the brain does engage in any of this quantum you know, shenaniganry uh, during what we call thought, um, then there is a particularly popular theory about how all of this could go down. And it involves something called microtubules, uh, which are protein tubes that make up the neurons in, in, our, in our brains, in our bodies, um, specifically these support structures within neurons. Um, and, and that is what potentially quantum you know, physics would, would enact upon. Um, the idea that microtubules can exploit quantum physics quantum effects, rather, to exist in superpositions of uh, two different shapes at the same time. Um, So this goes back to what you were talking about earlier with the idea of superposition. Want to do a quick refresh on that? Well, you could think about it quickly this way. Those neurons are, if, if this is to be believed, all of your neurons are simultaneously activated and not activated. If you think about it as an IO 
switch or something, a state of being on or off. All of your neurons are both on and off at all times. That's what this is essentially saying, unless I'm getting that incorrect. It's, yeah, it's, it's existing in multiple states that we would normally think are mutually exclusive, right? So each of these shapes in this theory amounts to a, a tiny bit of what you're talking about, Matt, classical information we would consider it. So this shape-shifting quantum bit, a qubit, right? That's the fundamental unit here. Uh, Each of those can store twice as much information as their classical counterparts. And then we add entanglement to the mix. I would love to see this explained in the format of a, of a a, a YouTube cooking show, right? Mm. So this is where someone sprinkles in entanglement and starts stirring that stuff in. This is the feature we've been talking about that allows these units, these qubit states to remain intertwined even when they're not in local contact. That means that we can rapidly build what's called a quantum computer, something that can manipulate and store information far more efficiently than a classical computer because to your point, Matt, they do not have to they do not have to be restricted to a one zero one thing one at a time so if retrocausality is also in play that means that these tiny 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 tubes these tubes of protein that you just described Noel these pieces of neuron structure could be interacting with time in a way that we do not understand fascinating funky an amazing concept. Also very far from proven. Uh-huh. As we yeah, as we record this right now, all the quantum stuff we're talking about is incredibly fragile. It's not it's not a house of cards in a windy room. A more accurate description would be like an upside-down pyramid constructed out of the idea where cards might sometime be balanced on the nose of a blindfolded circus clown with big clown shoes riding a (laughs) unicycle across a very high tightrope for the very first time at their first day working for the circus. The slightest change in anything will cause a quantum state to break down, as far as we know. And here's the other thing about your brain, you guys. Um, It isn't exactly fit for this kind of quantum system, at least from what we understand right now, right? Uh, Deep inside there in in your head of yours, you go go ahead and feel it if you can, if you got a free hand. Um, That's just your skull, remember? That's the hard part. Inside there, it's really warm, it's wet, it's kind of gross, really. Um, And it's just not suitable for any kind of quantum system to really survive for any length of time. But again... That's our understanding of matter and how quantum systems work right now because it's what we have been able to achieve thus far. Yeah, and as we're recording this, there are numerous people who are chasing down the possibilities, right? Trying to determine the whether there is a possibility of a quantum state in the human brain. Well, one person of uh, particular note would be Matthew Fisher, 
Fisher is an expert in developing quantum computers, and he believes there is more to the story. If you're interested, I, I highly recommend uh, reading a little bit more about his proposed experiments because we have to remember, as mentioned in a previous episode, science is a long conversation and it argues with itself. And there are many, many things that for one reason or another, our species rejected as nonsense only to later learn that those things are true. So to bring it all back around, precognitive dreams, there are so many anecdotes, there's so many arguments, there's so many fascinating experiments. I wanted to mention one uh, that got me involved in retroactive causality a number of years ago. You guys have heard of McSweeney's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you've heard then of Wolfen. I know I'm cheating. I know you guys have heard about it because I wouldn't shut up about it off air uh, when I was very into it. So Wolfen is a, sort of like a magazine made of short films. And Wolfen issue number seven included a strange bonus, like a bonus article, but it was a bonus DVD that had a scientific experiment in retroactive causality. And the idea was that you, without spoiling it, you as the audience, the observer of the uh, experiment that is on this DVD may somehow affect the results of the experiment just by watching it. I still have it somewhere. I'll send it to you guys if you want to if you want to check it out. It, it's it, it's controversial, but it I don't shows buy it. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to buy it, just borrow it. <laughs> but the nice. but the idea here is is that um we see experiments with this stuff. It's ongoing. And we know that people, many listening in the audience today, do feel and do believe that they have had some inexplicable encounter with reality through the world of dream. So if retro causality is real, if time, as we understand it, flows in more than one direction at the quantum level, and if the neurons in the human brain function in some way like what we would call a quantum computer or a quantum system, a lot of ifs here, and If this system in a human brain is somehow able to not even communicate information, but to influence information on what we call the consciousness or the subconsciousness in an understandable way, then there may just be a theoretical way for our brains to understand time beyond the concept of one second forward to the next. It took a long time for us to get there, but we had to lay out. We had to lay out the case. There is actual science, and and that's really what this comes comes down to. There's already some science that appears to show it could be true, which is you know uh, fascinating, hopeful to me. Thinking that there might be a way for us to uh, see a, a mistake that's coming our way, or to see you know to to help somebody who may need our assistance and somehow we could be aware of that uh, through this connection in some way. I, I love, I love the possibility that exists here. 
and and just knowing that if there's already science that's leaning, you know, in this way or at least hinting at this, then it probably says that within, you know, our lifetimes we're going to find out more and we're we, we we may even be able to prove at some point that we are more deeply connected to each other and to ourselves and to everything than we already understand. Yeah, that's the mission, right? To have to to in some way illuminate a bit more of this cavernous, strange thing called the universe, reality, and life as we know it. This I, giant shadowy djembe that we all exist in. Ah, the shadowy djembe. <laughs> I love that. It's such, a, it's such a vision. No, it's such a good visual, and it's fun to say. Mm, and your lighting looks really, really awesome. This is a plug to check out the uh, YouTube channel, which has been resurrected if you are listening in on, in the audio version. So I have to ask, I, I know that uh, the three of us had various questions that we wanted to ask each other. So I have to ask you guys, do you believe that precognitive dreams exist? It's, t- it's tough for me. I would have to say yes. Because I have experienced a few things where either I have been given information that I did not have, or I came to information that I was seeking within a dream state. And and it, you know, maybe maybe that is just my brain doing the defrag process that we we talked about at the top of last episode. I love that image. Yeah. But, or maybe it is some connection that I don't fully understand. Um, and it is some kind of precognitive situation. Honestly, I would have to say, I would have to say, Oh God, this is the stance I always take. I want to believe it so badly that I'm leaning towards thinking that something is there. I'm with it, man. I mean, and it's one of these things, too, where it's so arrogant of us. We don't understand this quantum physics stuff, and we see the smartest people in the world, like Einstein, kind of coming up with these concepts that can't be tested, and then maybe even abandoning them. And then later it turns out that, oh, he was on to something. So it's like we're we, we not even going to be around long enough, potentially, to see the stuff you know fully play out as to whether there's truth to this or not or the way the human mind works or one of the ideas that we discussed on a recent news episode about that sense of communicativeness between like you know beings like like communicating through a look or knowing if someone is uh is staring at you really hard what was the name of that it was called um Morphic resonance. Morphic resonance, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, still on the fringes, but I sense some truth to that, and I sense some truth to this. How about you, Ben? Ah, yeah. Well, that's what I was getting to. There is no, um, there's one question that people keep missing when they talk about precognitive dreams, whether we consider ourselves skeptics, whether we consider ourselves prophets or oracles, or just people who know there's more to the iceberg of reality than what we see drifting above the surface. The the question is this. If someone has a dream and they use what happened in the dream to better their situation, right? Avoiding the car accident that we mentioned earlier, Uh, staying away from that dropping piano, which I don't think ever really happens. I think that's a cartoon thing. But you know what I mean? If if they have a dream 
And that dream helps them somehow in the waking world. Does it matter if it's precognition? Does it matter if it's coincidence? Does it matter if it's the brain playing the probability game? I would argue no. I would argue it's very easy to get lost in our own personal feelings about what quote-unquote psychic powers are. If It's like the Turing test, kind of. Like whether or not something is a robot or a human, whatever the, whatever the behind-the-scenes picture is, if you're still having a good conversation, it's still a good conversation. All that being said, uh, without um, not spending too much time talking about myself here, uh, I come from a, a long history of people who are absolutely convinced that they do have some kind of precognitive dream capacity. And I'll probably hear from extended family members when this episode comes out, and they will probably not be super happy with me uh, for the way that we approach this. Maybe they'll get in touch with you prior to the episode coming out. That's right. If you can prove precognition, we would love to hear from you. Write to us on Friday, August 1st, 2014. We'll uh, double check our inboxes that day and let you know. <laughs> I don't know if that does that joke even work. Uh, I think it does work, but but this is this is I think works better. If you truly that that was a joke, right? But truly, if you are experiencing us in some way right now as we were, as we record this on Friday, August twenty first, twenty twenty. This is what I would say: if you have access to a phone, give us a call. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Now it's really important; it's vitally important that you do this on Friday, August twenty first, twenty twenty. So any voicemails that come in today, I'm checking them for you. I'm going to be listening for you. Please do it. Brilliant! I love it. And there's another thing we can check right now from you. Social media. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter, where we are conspiracy stuff on Twitter and Facebook. Also, travel to here's where it gets crazy, uh, which has been universally lauded by us as the best part of Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, where we're conspiracy stuff show, and you can also find us, should you choose, as individuals on the social meds. If you would like to find me, I am at How Now Noel Brown uh, on Instagram, where I post uh, stuff from my core life and, you know, um, music production and video game stuff, my kids' cosplays, all that stuff. Uh, you can find that. I'm exclusively on Instagram. I just kind of lurk on Twitter. If you wish to free up your stream of various posts on Instagram, you can follow me. Matt Frederick underscore iHeart, as you will not see anything from me. And if you are opposed to social media, if you are against the idea of calling people on the phone, if you've had a bad dream about it, but you need to tell us, and more importantly, your fellow listeners, a story about dreams, uh, some new information about the possibility of precognitive dreams, you can always reach us via our good old-fashioned email address, where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com But wait, remember, YouTube.com slash Conspiracy Stuff. 
Say with me, youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. Just think it all the time. Know it, feel it, and go Manifest it. Yeah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.